0: Good morning. My name is Patty Daniel. My Dharma name is Wan Unewa, and um, I wanted to talk to you about koans. I entitled the talk, Koan Contemplation, The Path to a Zen Mind. Personally, I am fascinated by koans, and, and that's why I wanted to talk about them today. But first, just a brief word on terminology. The word I prefer, only because it's the most familiar in the West, is koan, which is a word borrowed from Japanese Zen Buddhism. In Korean Buddhism, the term is huadu, and if you're looking for them in the scriptures of Juan Buddhism, the chapter heading is called Essential Cases for Questioning. So I'll be using huadu and koan interchangeably throughout this talk. Just as chanting is often a way to quiet and slow down a busy mind prior to silent meditation, so too, at least for me, koan contemplation can be a wonderful way to redirect a wandering mind. During morning meditation at the temple, we always save about four or five minutes at the end to recite one of our one Buddhist koans and to ponder it in silence. We pick a new one out of the scripture book each month. Contemplating a koan often helps me to let go, um, it helps me to focus and let go of thoughts about trivialities, which is a frequent problem for me. In the long run, I think it also aids in the cultivation not only of the spirit, cultivation of the spirit being one arm of our threefold practice, but also in the cultivation of wisdom, by opening the mind to unusual and often non-logical juxtapositions of ideas. It helps me to shatter my perpetual habit of rational, logical analysis of absolutely everything. So what is a koan, anyway? A riddle? A puzzle? A meaningless or absurd question? A mind game for old hippies? No, I think it's more like an unanswerable question that expands our consciousness in some way. I once heard my fellow practitioner, Michael Macklin, say that koans are not a source of answers rather they give us inspiration and raise additional questions koans point out point to an unmediated pure consciousness devoid of cognitive activity they are often paradoxical the classic example being what is the sound of one hand clapping Another example I particularly like comes from a famous uh, uh, Chinese Zen teacher of about 2,000 years ago, Master Xu Chu. A monk asked Master Xu Chu, what is Buddha? The master replied, three pounds of flax. In some Buddhist traditions, koan contemplation is the primary method of teaching and understanding the dharma. Our founding teacher, Master Sote-san, believed that hwadu, or koan, meditation, was a way of awakening to a sublime truth inaccessible through scriptural studies or verbal teachings. But he also believed in combining the best teaching methods of different schools of Buddhism, and he thought that the overly complicated koans presented difficulties. He said, quote, Setting aside the complicated huādus and sutras, we will designate huādus and sutras that elucidate crucial principles and essential meanings. In the chapter on practice, chapter 3, verse 14, Master Sote San said, in recent years, various lineages in the Zen school have been debating the relative merits of different Zen techniques. Of these, I have adopted the dharma of resting in the elixir field and have have instructed you to focus exclusively on cultivation during the cultivation period and to investigate the huadu every now and then at the appropriate time. This is because the method for awakening to the cases for questioning does not involve obsessively thinking on it for extended periods with a murky state of mind. Rather, investigating cases for questioning with a bright spirit in the right context, that power will be far superior. According to Sogen Hori, a contemporary Japanese Zen monk and professor of Japanese religions at McGill University, a central theme of many koans is what he calls the identity of opposites. That koan after koan explores the theme of non-duality. For example, a well-known koan of Haikun Ikaku A famous and very influential 18th-century figure in the Rinzai school of Japanese Zen, the koan, two hands clap and there is sound, what is the sound of one hand, is clearly about two and one. It's a little hard for me to follow, but if I understand Professor Hori correctly, he says, the koan asks, you know what duality is? Now, what is non-duality? The aim of this type of koan is to see the non-duality of subject and object. The Zen monk himself in his seeking is the koan. Realizing this is the insight. Subject and object. This is two hands clapping. But when the monk realizes that the koan is not merely the object of consciousness, but is also he himself in the activity of seeking an answer to the koan, then subject and object are no longer separate and distinct. This is non-duality, one-hand clapping. Similarly perplexing is this story from the scriptures of Master Sota-san. At Ponyai Hermitage he asked a disciple, can you make the image of Bodhidharma walk out of that scroll hanging on the wall?" The disciple replied, "'Yes, I can.' "'Then make him walk,' said Master soti The disciple rose from his seat and walked himself. Seeing this, the master said, "'It is you that walked. How can you say you made the image of Bodhidharma walk?' The disciple replied, a wild goose hanging f- flying from the eastern sky has changed its direction, flying toward the southern sky." That's the end of the verse. I think this is a koan-like teaching aimed at helping us to forego linear thinking and dive headfirst into something that is outside our usual way of thinking. In agreement with Master Sotisan, San, I do think that if we're not careful, this non-intellectual concentration can be a bit of a mental pressure cooker. And in Wan Buddhism, koans are just one of 11 of what we call training subjects for practitioners. In the principal book of Wan Buddhism, chapter 5 lists our 20 cases for questioning. Interestingly, in 1927, there were 137 Wadus on that list. And in 1962, the current list of 20 was adopted. There's actually a bit more complexity regarding koan practice in Juan Buddhism that involves Hwadus and udu's, huādus being somewhat kind of a subcategory of udu's. But I will leave that for another day. Now, I didn't want to read all 20 of our wajis this morning, but here's what I think may be a fairly representative list. At the moment the world-honored one was born, he said, in heaven above and on earth below, I alone am honored. What does this mean? The myriad dharmas return to one. To what does the one return? Illuminate the one mind by penetrating the myriad dharmas. What does this mean? When a person is in deep, dreamless sleep, where is the numinous awareness that makes one sentient? All things are created by the mind. What does this mean? How are mind, nature, principle, and energy the same? How are they different? Mind is Buddha. What does this mean? Heaven and Earth know without knowing anything. What does this mean? I have a volume of scripture that is written without paper or ink. It does not contain a single word, yet always radiates light. What does this mean? I always think I know the answer to that one. The answer is Reverend Wong Gong, because she always radiates light. But at the moment, my personal favorite of all our wadus is, mind is Buddha. What does this mean? Indeed, what does this mean? Immediately, I rush to define the word mind. Then I rush to define the word Buddha but this simple three-word sentence is simultaneously graspable yet non-graspable. Remember the old adage, less is more? If I don't try to pick it apart with my logical mind, I find this koan to be rather thrilling. Mind is Buddha. It could explain so much about the nature of the ineffable, numinous realm. I often wonder, do we even have a mind? Maybe we just have a material brain with biochemical and electronic activity, just neurons firing away like fireflies flashing in the evening. that our minds, like ourselves, are an illusion. That's what I'm prone to believe with my thinking mind, but then I feel that I'm missing the point. At any rate, what could be more magical than the luminescence of fireflies on a warm summer evening? I encourage you to try meditating with a koan if you haven't already done so. Pick one from our scripture book, or better yet, Ask Reverend Wang Gong or or Reverend Zi Young to recommend one for you. It's different from chanting a mantra, but it can lead to the same thing, to deep insight gained through a single-pointed, focused mind, through direct intuition, through entering a space where language and words no longer matter. Thank you.